Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book Innovation and Entrepreneurship, Practice and Principles. In the 1920s, there was an economist in the former Soviet Union named Kondrashev, who was an expert on econometrics. After studying the European economy, he found that the economy would drop from a peak to a recession every 50 years. At that time, this economic theory was proven right in many countries, and economic circles admired him so much that he was practically worshipped. However, when it came to the United States in the 1970s, this economic theory failed. What makes us say this? According to Kondrashev's economic theory, the United States in the 1970s should have entered a period of economic downturn. However, strangely, in this stage, the U.S. economy did not decline, but instead kept a continuous rising momentum. This was odd. Some people said that this was due to the growth of the population, while others said that it was due to the emergence of high technology. So what was the real reason? This phenomenon attracted the attention of Peter F. Drucker, a famous American management scientist. Through observation and research, he found that the real reason the U.S. economy was free from downturn, was not because of the appearance of high technology or a population increase. Instead, it was because of the emergence of a number of innovative entrepreneurs in the United States. Under the management of these entrepreneurs, enterprises have shaken off the original fate of development, and have been revived with new vitality. The book Innovation and Entrepreneurship which we are unlocking today was written by Peter F. Drucker. He is the founder of the theory of modern management, and is known as the father of modern management. He has written quite a few books on economics and management. Among them, the practice of management has established his position as the founder of management. His book The Effective Executive has been regarded as a must-read classic by managers worldwide. Next, we will deconstruct the essence of this book in three parts. First of all, what is innovation? Second of all, how does an entrepreneur channel an innovative spirit within the internal operations of an enterprise? Third of all, how can entrepreneurs turn their sense of innovation into an entrepreneurial strategy? First, let's talk about part one, what is innovation? Drucker believed that whether something counts as an innovation depends mainly on whether the enterprise has created new value for the customer, launched a new product, service, or process, and whether it satisfies customers' needs or potential needs. If the new needs of the customer are satisfied, this action is called an innovation. Additionally, Drucker also believed that innovation is a unique tool for entrepreneurs. By relying on innovation, Entrepreneurs regard changes as opportunities to start another enterprise or service. Whether the innovation is considered successful or not depends on whether it can succeed in the market. It is of less importance whether the innovation is novel or ingenious, or whether it possesses scientific content. For example, John took over his father's pizzeria and managed the operation very well. The business was as good as it had been when his father was alive. Is this called innovation? No, it's not. He only followed his father's business model, and provided the products already existing in the market at the same price. 
He was just benefiting from the customer cluster already created by other people. He did not create any new customers. Therefore, this was not an innovation. If John developed a mobile app, presented his pizza online for sale, registered a trademark, and started delivering food, he could facilitate customers with a new business model and attract more customer groups. This is called innovation. So, how can we innovate? There are seven sources around us that can trigger innovation. The first source of innovation is called the unexpected. The unexpected, as we all know, are things that happen unexpectedly. This can be divided into unexpected successes and unexpected failures. There are two large-scale department stores in the United States, one is R.H. Macy and the other is Bloomingdale's. One day, the manager of R.H. Macy discovered something strange. For unknown reasons, the sales volume and the amount of sales of electrical appliances in the mall were much higher than that of other products. He felt that something was wrong, as R.H. Macy's main product was clothing. So, why were the sales of electrical appliances much higher than that of clothing? Other people asked him whether the sales of clothes went down since the sales of electrical appliances went up. The manager replied, no, it's so weird. What's going on here? This is abnormal. The manager believed that because the main product was clothing, it was normal for clothing to account for 70% of the total sales. However, at the moment, the sales of home appliances were growing very quickly, already accounting for three-fifths of the total sales. The manager tried everything to get clothing sales back to their normal sales proportions, but nothing worked. The only solution was to reduce the sales of electrical appliances to their original level. However, at the other department store, Bloomingdale's approach was exactly the opposite of R.H. Macy's. Previously, Bloomingdale's was also a company which sold clothing, and it too encountered the same problem as Macy's, the sales of electrical appliances grew rapidly. Their approach was to take this opportunity to learn more about the customers who bought electrical appliances. They tried to learn who they were. They strove to cater to this group of customers, and increase the purchase volume and types of electrical appliances. They also increased investment for the marketing staff and the after-sales service for electrical appliances. In this way, their appliances sold better and their turnover rate went up. Why did appliances sell better than before? It turned out to be the same reason for the increase in population. After the Second World War, children born in the 1950s grew up in the 1970s and simply needed many household appliances. Therefore, Bloomingdale seized this favorable opportunity and made big profit from it. On the other hand, R. H. Macy believed that the previous business model which had lasted for many years was normal and eternal. As a result, once there was an unexpected situation or any changes, they believed it was unreasonable and abnormal. In this way, they missed the chance to create new customers. This is an example of an innovation opportunity brought by unexpected events. The second source of innovation is called incongruities. In the 1950s, much of cross-border trade transportation relied on ships. However, this type of transportation was very inefficient. The ports were often overcrowded and cargo was sometimes lost at the port. With the appearance of air transportation, people speculated that the freight industry would cease to use sea transportation, and the future freight shipments would rely on air transportation. 
Air transportation was highly efficient with less chances of cargo being lost. However, air transport also had a fatal weakness, the cost was too high, and it was unlike sea transportation that can transport a variety of large living animals including elephants and hippos, and important items such as coal and grains. Such things couldn't be transported by air. In other words, shipping still had advantages and was a necessity to continue existing. So, how could they solve the inefficiency problems of the shipping process? With the advent of containers, this problem was solved. People separated the loading process from the shipping process, and in advance put the cargo into containers on the spacious loading area. When the vessel arrived, as soon as the container was hoisted onto the vessel, shipping could begin immediately. Use of a large amount of labor for loading on the dock is no longer needed. This method not only reverses the situation which was previously chaotic, but also assures that no more goods go missing. This achieved many things with one stroke. After the emergence of the shipping container, the cost of maritime freight transportation dropped by 60% compared to the original prices, but the volume of freight transport had increased five times when compared with the previous volume. The time ships remain at the port was cut by three quarters. Besides this, the congestion and theft at the port had improved. This is an example of the innovation opportunity brought by the incongruities between reality and assumption. The third source of innovation is called the process need. What is the process need? You might have heard or read somewhere that the telephone was invented in the United States by Bell Labs. However, the earliest telephone calls were manually transferred. If one person wanted to call another one, he or she shook the handle of the telephone to connect with the operator. The operator then dials the plug and switches to another hole so that the call can be connected. Eventually, with the gradual adoption of telephones, someone at Bell Labs made a calculation. If the telephone users continued to grow, it would not take many years before each American family had one. If that occurred, the operator would have to meet the needs of all call transfers. This was an impossible situation. Therefore, Bell Labs invented the automatic switch, which realized the conversion from manual transfer to automatic transfer. This is an example of the innovation opportunity brought by process need. The fourth source of innovation is called industry and market structures. At the beginning of the 20th century, automobiles were luxury goods meant only for the rich. Few people noticed that the automobile industry was developing rapidly, and that the sales volume of automobiles at that time doubled every three years. This meant that automobile sales would soon outstrip this narrow market, yet automobile companies at that time continued focusing on the so-called high society. However, Henry Ford was keenly aware of the changes in the market structure, and introduced the Model T, which was assembled by semi-skilled workers and could be mass-produced. Above all, the price of the Model T was only one-fifth of the cheapest model car at that time. With the development of the automotive industry, some automotive companies began to rebrand their products. For example, Volvo rebranded itself as a car for the professional. BMW was selling to Young Corners, and Porsche was branding itself as a sports car. Only these companies following breakthroughs and innovations could achieve development at that time. However, for the companies blindly following the old path, they faced the risk of bankruptcy and collapse. 
This is an example of the innovative opportunity brought by industry and market structures. The fifth source of innovation is called changes in demographics. Farsighted entrepreneurs usually speculate the changes in consumption structure over the next few years, based on such factors as the number of people, the size of the population, and the target age group. Take a pair of shoes for example. For teenagers, they need to buy a lot of cheap but fashionable shoes every year. However, after 10 years, this same group of people will only buy a few pairs of shoes a year, which is equal to less than one-sixth of their previous consumption. Their primary consideration would then become the level of comfort and durability of their shoes. Smart businesses anticipate these changes early on and prepare for them in advance. The sixth source of innovation is called changes in perception. With the development of society, people's views and values change accordingly. In the 1950s, almost everyone in the United States felt that they were part of the middle class, as no one was willing to admit that they were part of the working class. Why? Because if they acknowledged that they were of the working class, it meant that they were designated to be part of a lower class. Nevertheless, these pseudo-middle-class individuals didn't consider whether their own occupations and income met the standards of the higher class they considered themselves to be. One very smart businessman saw the business opportunity provided by the self-conceptualization of being part of the middle class. He bought the Encyclopedia Britannica company and sold the book through schools of first-generation families, as these families had children attending high school. He said that anyone who wanted to become a member of the middle class must have a British encyclopedia. As a result, the book became the standard staple of the middle class, bringing this company back from the brink of bankruptcy. The seventh source of innovation is called new knowledge and new technologies. Channeling new knowledge into an applicable technology will achieve outstanding results. For example, we all know that Edison invented the electric light bulb and made a huge contribution to human development. However, Edison's invention of light bulb was not because Edison suddenly felt inspired to invent it. It was based on the existence of a lot of new scientific knowledge at that time. As a matter of fact, Edison's invention of the light bulb happened in 1878, after much new knowledge and inventions were uncovered. Around the year of 1830, Faraday put forward the theory of electricity. In 1856, Werner Siemens of Germany designed the first electrical motor and dynamo by using the principle of electricity. Later, Maxwell, a British physicist, helped to further the application of this research and the development of Faraday's theories. It was then that Edison invented the electric light bulb and forever reshaped humanity's lifestyle. Of course, knowledge-based innovation has raised many demands on innovators. However, higher risk coincides with higher potential return. That's all for the first part, what is innovation? The enterprise must introduce a new product, new service, or a new process meeting the new need of customers. There are seven sources that trigger innovation, unexpected events, incongruities, process need, market and industry structure, changes in demographics, change in perception, as well as new knowledge and new technology. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.